So, hi, Sabrina. Hi, Louisa. <laughs> Thanks for joining me on my podcast. Yes, it's an honor to be here. Okay, so we're going to talk about one of your favorite things ever. I think that's fair to say. Um, yes, very fair. <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, so, my first question for you is how did you first become involved with this franchise? Um, I think I was 13 years old and I had a friend who watched the show a lot mm-hmm. and I was at her house and she put it on. It was season one and I just, I couldn't understand what was going on and I was, I was so intrigued by it and mm-hmm. I thought it was weird and I didn't know if I liked it or if I didn't like it, but as soon as I got home that day, I started you just had to know more. But, like, season one is is very, like, back to basics. I think it's interesting because um, now I always try to get people to watch. And I'm always like, don't watch season one. You're not going to like it. That's but true. season one is, is what got me to, to like the show. So I think it's kind of ironic that I make <laughs> people not watch that season. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I do remember you telling me that and always trying to convince me to watch it. And I have watched a few a few seasons, a few of the later seasons, and I'm starting to get into it. Um, so you, what you watched was like the main show, right? Which is just RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think when I watched, I even knew there were spinoffs of the show. Mm-hmm. I found out later. And I think there, there was just one spinoff of the show when I started watching it, which which is Untucked, which back then just aired on YouTube. <laughs> so. so Untucked, can you talk a little bit more about what that is? Because I know because I'm your friend, but I feel like maybe so, people might not. There's the main show, which is the basis of the competition. And mm-hmm. It's set up like most competition reality shows. And uh, once the queens there so there's a bit where the queens uh, go on a runway and then mm-hmm. uh, they show their outfits in the end of the show and then once the judges they want to deliberate and decide which queens should move forward and which queens should go up for elimination they go to a back room and they have cocktails and they talk mm-hmm. and then that's aired separately as a 20 minute show uh, and now it airs on VH1 right after uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, but it used to be on Logo TV, and then it wasn't on VH1 at all, but I think it got really popular because that's where all the really iconic fights happen in yeah. the show. Mm-hmm. So uh, now it's a staple. Most people that watch Drag Race watch Untucked as well. Yeah, I haven't gotten into Untucked, but I do know how important it is and I noticed how they sort of expect people to watch the show to watch Untucked too. Yeah, when, when I started watching, I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only watched Untucked when I rewatched all the first six seasons. That's when I started watching Untucked. <laughs> <laughs> and did you go back and like watch the Untucked for the other seasons that you had missed? Or yes, I, I did, and it's crazy how things get put into context context because mm-hmm. sometimes you don't understand where like all the animosity comes from but yeah. then you watch it happen <laughs> sometimes all of a sudden like two queens have like intense 
beef and you just don't know where it comes from and then exactly mm -hmm. so what other aspects of the franchise are you in contact with like as of now i engage with a lot of <laughs> it's kind of surprising for most people but it's, it's just so normal to me that mm -hmm. i do all these things um so uh drag race season 12 airs on fridays mm -hmm. i watch that and then now they added secret celebrity drag race which uh it's basically the same thing but with celebrities i obviously watch untucked as well mm -hmm. um but then after that uh on saturdays uh vh1 releases two clips uh mm -hmm. which are watch a packing with michelle visage so she interviews the queens that were um, eliminated that and she's week. The, and she's one of the, the judges. Yeah, she, she's one of the main judges of yeah. the show. Uh, she's been on it, I think, since season three or four. Wow. Um, yeah, and then I also watch um, The Pit Stop, which is, it's like a recap show. So uh, they always get a famous queen from a past season to host it and then mm -hmm. they invite other queens from past seasons every week it's a different guest and then they talk about what happened share opinions and is um, that like affiliated with the rupaul's drag race franchise or is it more of a like the queens themselves set that up like do you no, know it's, it's definitely affiliated which is mm -hmm. uh part of a, a small problem i used to have with it uh a lot of it a lot of it seems like they're always in agreement with the show but i still watch it anyways <laughs> i think I think this uh, this season, Bob the Drag Queen, she's hosting it. Uh, yeah. She's she's voiced a lot of complaints about the show, which uh, I I like a lot because I, I also have my own complaints. But uh, it's nice to see that she doesn't agree with everything. Yeah, it's refreshing because it shows that the show, in a way, is also self-aware. Yeah. Um, apart from that, I watch uh, Ms. Cracker. She was on season ten. She Love hosts her. her own. Yeah, she's amazing. She hosts her own uh, recap show. She airs it on Sundays, and it's called Review with the Jew. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's great. She's hilarious. And she's she makes, so funny, and I love her really funny her puns. drag style. Yeah. Yes, she's she's gorgeous. I love her drag style as well. Um, and then uh, on Wednesdays, there's um, fashion photo review which uh, Raja, which was the winner of season three, and Raven, which was the runner-up for season two and All-Stars 1, and uh, widely uh, acknowledged as being robbed in both <laughs> those seasons. <laughs> they, they talk about the looks that they liked and didn't like. Mm -hmm. uh, that I love that, that aspect of the show. That's more of the artistry part of it, which uh, I have a lot of fun with. Yeah. And... Uh, I also just started uh, listening to a podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's called um, Race Chaser with uh, Alaska 5000 and uh, Willow. I love how you bleeped her name out. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, I, don't, I don't know if, this, I, if I can say uh, curse words. <laughs> so you talked about All Stars. Can you, is that one of the thing? that's one of the things you watch too, right? Yes, um, so this isn't on right now, but um, mm. All Stars is a show where they uh, get queens that competed before in past seasons, and they put them in a setup to compete against themselves. Uh, the first season, uh, they had to compete in pairs, and it wasn't very good. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the second season, they did this thing where 
and they have to eliminate each other. So every week, instead of having a bottom that lip syncs to try to stay in the competition, mm-hmm. they're lip syncing to see who won, and whoever wins gets to send oh, someone okay. home. So oh, it's wow. a very different dynamic. Yeah. It's probably a lot more competitive, too, if the queens can send each other home. Yeah, it's very... I have some problems with, with this show, but I still watch it. <laughs> but uh, uh, I think uh, a lot of its appeal is that uh, it's shock value. Mm-hmm. So because RuPaul isn't in control and the production can't really do a lot when yeah. the queens are choosing who's going to go home or not, a lot of the, a lot of what happens is um, you'll have a queen that you're rooting for and that you're think that is definitely going to win one like five challenges and then all of a sudden she winds up in the bottle and someone sends her home or i don't know in season three one of the queens sent herself home what yes is that allowed (laughs) (laughs) a lot of people did not like that but i really dislike this queen i I hate saying that but i don't enjoy her drag style very much and Mm -hmm. i did not like that she was excelling as much as she was so honestly kind of a relief that she (laughs) left the competition (laughs) in the same way it feels scripted it all it's also so refreshing like it's not the mainstream i think yeah it's very interesting how the show was played out we um, we, I don't know exactly how it is, but I mean, I'm so I'm so into the whole fandom part of it that I know. I, I mean, I have a lot of videos I watch of people that are skeptical about it. But basically, what I think happens is nothing is scripted, but because confessionals uh, happen where, where the queens are always wearing the same clothes, mm-hmm. um, they play off uh, situations so that they look different than what they actually yeah. than what actually happens. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe a queen makes a snarky comment on episode seven, but it's played off on episode three so that it fits in with the narrative they're trying to paint with the whole uh, reality show. Yeah, they definitely, and I feel like that's something that's just inherent to reality TV is that the post-production editing really defines the entire trajectory of of everyone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's... I think it definitely makes the show interesting, but mm-hmm. as as someone who uh, really loves artist the artistry of drag, it's really hard to see uh, quick things be villainized in the mm-hmm. show, so that it makes it it makes it more interesting to watch. But you know that things didn't play off as horrible as they make it look. So a lot mm-hmm. of queens receive a lot of hate that. I mean, they said the things they said, but the context has definitely changed. Going off of that, how do you engage with the fan community around the show? Because I know it's huge. Or do you even engage at all? Like, to you, do you feel like this is somewhat of, like, a shared experience in a way? Or or does it feel more, like, individual? I wish it felt like more of a shared experience. Mm -hmm. Um... I'm not part of any fan clubs or anything. All I do is follow, like, fan meme pages or mm-hmm. read comments. That's the biggest uh, engagement I get with other people that are very into the show. Apart from that, I just talk to people I know that I try to make watch the show. I think <laughs> the person that I talk to, to this the most about is my cousin. Martha. I got her very into it. Yeah. <laughs> For context, Martha is Sabrina's cousin, but also my roommate, so... 
<laughs> that makes for an interesting dynamic. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, and I know, like, didn't Martha at one point, I don't know what it was for, maybe your birthday, and she made you this, like, game, and she personalized it so that it was, like, the guess who kind of thing. And instead yes. of characters, they were all um, drag queens that have been on the show. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I saw... Um, this photo in one of the, the fan pages that I follow yeah. and it was someone made this game called Guess Ru which is <laughs> like the version of Guess Who with RuPaul and I tagged Martha and I was like I need this this is amazing <laughs> uh, and then we just laughed over it and she was like yeah I really want that too and um, I moved to the US when I was uh, 15 for an exchange semester and when I on my birthday I turned 16 my grandma came to visit and she brought I a remember <laughs> game my cousin made on photoshop with an old uh, guess who she had all with the queens from like all the seasons up to season six or seven which was what we had watched up to then it was like I think it was one of the best birthday gifts I ever got <laughs> oh definitely she's so crafty and also that was so thoughtful but I think it was also like a gift for her because I'm sure you guys had a lot of fun yes we once I got back I remember playing this so much <laughs> up to a point where like there wasn't anything else we could do because we literally memorized everybody everyone any other experience that you feel like you felt really immersed in this franchise or community? Um, I don't, I don't know how that applies, but like maybe engaged in a way of like world building. So I don't know, like if there is like some form form of like fan fiction or toys or like amusement parks. But I don't think that's like. I think it's interactive in a different way because I don't know if you can vote for the queens or or like show support online but um if that's a way to interact um i think i, I have a, i have a shirt uh, mm-hmm. that has sasha velour in it um and <laughs> on all stars once they review the cast they have this thing on vh1 where you can make an all-stars fantasy league so you pick, th- I think, six queens off the cast, mm-hmm. and then uh, every week you put three of those queens uh, in a bench, and then three of those to play uh, based on who you think is going to win that week, and then you get points for things they did well or things they didn't do good, and uh, then there's like this huge leaderboard. I do it every season because mm-hmm. it's, it's really fun, but uh, I mean... It's kind of sad because I watch this so much, but I'm terrible at it. I always pick the wrong <laughs> queens. I always get bad scores. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you just do it for the fun because you're not getting anything out of it. Yes, basically. <laughs> um, I had, I, I do have something I forgot to ask you, which is, what is your favorite text of the franchise? Because I know you're engaging with a lot. I think it's all stars. Yeah, that's yeah, what I even, thought. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, even though I have uh, a few problems with All Star, like season, season three and season four, like the person who won was definitely not the person who should have won. Mm-hmm. Uh, season two is like really dear to me. It's uh, to me, it's the best season Drag Race ever had. Like with the best queens. Oh, so really? Think, what, what was your favorite queen? 
Like, why do you? I don't. I don't know if I have a favorite queen. Okay, uh, favorite queens, have, maybe of all time. I have a few favorites, but I think it was very gratifying to watch uh, All Stars Two because um, I'm gonna give you some spoilers. <laughs> but um, so Alaska is definitely one of my favorite queens of all time. Definitely one of the queens that I that I uh, fell in love with the most when mm-hmm. I watched her for the first time, and it was really really sad that she lost um, season five because I really didn't agree with who won and mm-hmm. I thought she should have won. Yeah. And then when she came back from all, for All-Stars, she was just hilarious and even better than what I remembered she she had been and she won the show. So that was a very gratifying moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like she definitely got what she what she deserved, like she wasn't yes. wrong. Yeah, I can, I can feel that. And I feel like maybe that's also one of the reasons why All-Stars exists in the first place. You know, because I feel like they're bringing back maybe all these queens that people really have developed, like, this bond with them and, like, this emotional, like, attachment. And they just want to see them have a second chance, maybe. Yeah, I think it's awesome because uh, us people who have been watching since, like, the first season, Mm -hmm. we get to see all these people that we connected with and we love, but also... um, People who had just started watching it, like maybe like you, or I know other people who started watching like on season six, mm-hmm. um, they watch All Stars as well because it's closer to the to the modern format of the show since it has like a bigger budget than the first few seasons. Definitely. And they get in contact with queens that they would never get in contact with because they were in like the first, second, or third season. Like season two of All Stars had Tatiana which was on season two of uh, the normal show. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were introduced to her through that because... They didn't watch the second season. Yeah, or the most people season. don't watch the second season. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Um, what about uh, beyond that? Like, do you feel like you follow... I know you follow a lot of the queens on social media and, like, you keep track of what they're doing. Um, so how do you... Like, do you feel that helps or do you like sometimes limiting your relationship to them just to the show i don't know it's weird that's a good question because um sometimes you'll follow a queen you really liked on the show and you don't really like what they're doing outside of the show Mm -hmm. you don't connect with whatever uh, project they're in right now so it's sometimes it's detrimental, mm-hmm. but sometimes you feel even more connected to them because you love what, what the artistry they're putting in now. Like uh, Sasha Valore, I, I, I wasn't even rooting for her when I watched her win. So uh, after following her on Instagram and seeing all the looks she puts out and how much uh, creative effort she puts in her drag. Like, that brought a, a newfound respect for her. Like, I like her a million times more than I liked her when I watched the show. Yeah, I get that completely. But I think that's, like, also, to me, one of the great things I felt watching RuPaul's Drag Race. And I feel like I only got this, art, like, artistic side of drag being friends with you and how much, like, you appreciated it and, like, would show me things. But... I don't think a lot of people are aware of, like, first of all, the work that it takes to be a drag queen, and second of all, the real, 
creativity that you need to have to succeed in that industry yeah for sure i think when you when you watch drag race um even if you watch but i think when you first come in contact with drag race you don't realize how many different aspects of drag there are you know like you have to be very good at at costume design you have to be great at makeup you have to have an eye for how you how you're gonna look and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's good to have a point of view and very weird makeup because like very conceptual stand out Mm -hmm. conceptual drag apart from that you also need to have crazy performance skills Mm -hmm. you need to dance you need to uh be entertaining in other levels you have to be funny and uh it's just the whole uh, art form of drag it just includes so many different types of art and entertainment that you don't realize when you when you first come in contact with it because you just think it like it's like female impersonation but it's really so much more than that and i feel like drag queens are really artists in every sense of the way and they have to always be so complete like you said they have to like dance and sing and lip sync and act um and i think it's interesting because i see now um like being a little bit more like intimate with the show and the and the queens um how a lot of them go on to and like have like music careers and like aquaria which was one of my favorite queens from one of the seasons i watched um i know she's like DJing and like doing a lot of fun things. I think she was like going to perform at Coachella or something. It's it's awesome because uh, Drag Race is a platform, you know. Most mm-hmm. of all, some queens they'll compete and they won't even be recognized while they're competing. But because they gained a platform, that allows them to become famous in other ways. Like uh, Mayhem Miller, I mean, she was famous before she entered the show, but she didn't do very well when, mm-hmm. in her season. But she became a meme online. <laughs> Everybody knows her face, and it just she just blew up. And she would have never blown up and became become a meme if she wasn't in the show. So actually, thinking about that, I was wondering because um, you said you know, Jag Race is definitely a platform. Um, not only for the queens, but for like the art of drag and the drag world and, you know, queer people everywhere. So um, do you feel like there's also an element of activism to drag race? Because I, I have seen in like many of the finals where they show like a documentary and it's often political. And I was wondering how you feel about that and if that changed anything for you, like activism oh, related. Drag- I think first off, drag is political. Oh yeah, just, mm-hmm. just the like act of drag. Doing, just doing this, the act of drag, mm-hmm. it's like it, it's a, a political act. You know, yeah. if you look at history, most of the queer movements are started because of drag queens. You know, in Stonewall, mm-hmm. the first person yeah. through the rock was a drag queen. Mm-hmm. So, um, in the show, apart from just doing what they're doing the rupaul uh does a lot to to uh bring up politics you know he's invited uh, a lot lot of politicians to be guest judges in the show uh in the newer seasons he's been uh asking people to vote and every four years when there's an election year they make a political challenge Mm -hmm. so 
in season four, they had to compete and pretend that they were politicians. In season eight, they made a info like a commercial for uh, politics. And this season, uh, they uh, they had a political debate. So a lot of the things the queens do inside the show, apart from what and as well what Paul does on his own, mm-hmm. are very political. Yeah, and as a fan, do you appreciate that? Because that's definitely one of the things that I personally really enjoyed from the show. I think it's what makes the show so great mm-hmm. because you you go into Drag Race, which doesn't take itself seriously at all, and you're just expecting to watch just a normal competition show. It's just entertaining and funny, and then all of a sudden... You get to hear all these stories of queer people and how they're suffering in the country and Mm -hmm. their point of view. And, I mean, there aren't a lot of shows on television that give queer people voices like this, especially one that's so mainstream now. So it's kind of like if you're going into the show because you just want to watch something entertaining and then you get something serious, it's kind of introducing politics to people who weren't even looking for it, which I think is is very smart of of the show to do this. And I also think it's uh, giving us uh, really sometimes like really brave people who are just out there doing their craft because uh, in all the seasons I've watched, a lot of the queens would be really vocal about how you know, it's their passion, it's also their profession, but their family had no idea they were on the show and, you know, being scared of how they would react once the show was over. So I also think, you know, there's a whole element of, like, hearing people's stories. And Yeah, it's really interesting because, I mean, we, I think we all know that uh, queer people suffer because of their queerness, mm-hmm. but, I mean, drag queens... If you want to be a drag queen, you have to show your queerness no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Because you can be a queer person and people not realize it. But if you're going to be in the forefront and doing something like drag, you're always going to be seen as someone who's actively doing something completely affiliated with the queer community. So it's really interesting Absolutely. to see that drag is so uh, important to people, to their self-expression, that they'll do it even if their families don't approve of it because yeah. drag is drag is a profession it's more of it's a choice to do it or not it's and an your art. sexuality you can't yeah. you can't change it but you want to you want to do this so much and you have a calling to be a drag queen mm-hmm. and you'll do it even though your your family doesn't approve it because that's just that's just who you are and what i think i also noticed from the show is how a lot of the queens who are, you know, putting themselves at risk and and to be judged by not ev- not only everyone but also their families who might not approve, is how they really they're really passionate about setting an example and like if they show that it's okay, then another you know queer uh, boy who wants to go into drag, then they'll feel better about it. And I think it really to me. Um, it's demonstrated in the in the culture of drag of having like a drag mother and like a drag family and how how that plays into it. Yeah, that that's something I find very interesting about the show as well because uh, you see so many 
so many people doing things that are inspiring, but you also see constraints of the show itself that mm-hmm. don't want to include parts of the community. You know, uh, a lot of people complain that uh, drag race doesn't include drag kings or mm-hmm. non-binary queens. Yeah, and often, uh, and often queens that are uh, transgender they mm-hmm. come out when they're in the show. They only tell people that they are part of the transgender community after they have signed up for the show, you know, they're, yeah. you're not allowed to sign up if you're a woman. So, yeah. um, while you get all of this inclusiveness in the show, that you're also excluding part of the queer community. Mm-hmm. So, all of this leads us to the last question, which is, why do you think Jag Race is so special to you? Because I know it holds a massive place in your life. I think like watching you grow and growing together, I can definitely see how it influenced a lot of who you are and like the activism that you do, just what you really care about and how how you engage with the world. So I want to know from you, why do you think it's so special? I think Drag Race uh, showed me a lot of aspects of my personality that mm-hmm. I, I didn't know existed. Yeah. I mean, I started watching Drag Race. I I didn't really care all that much about the queer community at all. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I wanted justice for gay people, but I mean, that's all I knew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And as as someone who really likes art, I I thought art was just painting on a canvas. You know, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was. I I didn't know it was so complex and that it could be seen in so many different forms. So as I grew up, I, I was I got in contact with so many things that are a huge part of my personality, mm-hmm. and I mean, watching so many queer people uh, just be open definitely helped me through times where I, I mean I was questioning my own sexuality mm-hmm. and yeah. being able to see so many. I mean, even though there aren't any women on the show, uh, apart mm-hmm. from the transgender women, of course. Yeah. Um, I don't have that direct representation, but I am able to be in contact with people who support the community, yeah. and I myself am supporting so many people of the queer community. So mm-hmm. I think it was it definitely made it an easier transition to go from someone who didn't who considers themselves an ally yeah. to someone who considers themselves part of the community. Completely, yeah, I can totally see that, and I also think. Uh, you know, like even like your love for makeup now and like all the skill that I think you have. Um, I definitely think that maybe that was influenced too. Like, thanks. I mean, of course, of course. I mean, I remember when I got into makeup and um, baking had just become. Oh my god! Thing, and I could not when people called baking baking because the correct drag term for it was cooking. Oh my god. So, <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't stop giving me shit about that. <laughs> so, I mean, I didn't even do makeup at that point. So yeah. I, I think it was def- definitely what got me interested because I never got into makeup as someone who wanted to use it to look pretty. It yeah. was definitely a form of self-expression mm-hmm. and an appreciation for drag that got me interested and self-expression which I think um you know with this conversation I think it's what it boils down to like a lot just a freedom and creativity and self-expression 
Yeah, I think that's what drag really represents, you know, being able to just do whatever the fuck you want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We stand. And just be yourself. Yeah. Okay. Well, I loved this. This was the first episode, but I'm sure it's going to be my favorite. Um <laughs> So thank you for <laughs> so thank you for opening up and telling me about your experience and I've watched this you know process really closely but it's nice to to talk about it like this with you. Yeah, thank you so much for talking to me. I, I always <laughs> love talking about Jack Grace. This was this was really fun. Uh, yeah, I think you're doing great work with your podcast. <laughs> Okay, thanks, Louisa. Thank you. Love you. Love you.